I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Welcome to episode 175 of the CantoBite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind, and with me, as always, my delightful co-host, Brittany Brown. Hi, Brittany. Hello. How are you? I'm okay. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I recently started this show. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's on HBO. It was recommended to me by HBO. And it's Gossip Girl. Yes. I hate how I'm already an episode and a quarter in and like I'm hooked. Yes. I hate how this was made for me. <laughs> the, the fashion. Blake Lively. Uh, the music we like talk about the music like I hate Justin Timberlake but I can stand his music for like 30 second snippets Rihanna like this was my childhood it does seem like a very Britney show just the events like I don't even know what they're celebrating like they're going to brunch for some reason and something's gonna happen at brunch and I'm just like I I knew I had to stop because I'm like I I I have to wait I have to just sit here with my thoughts and think what could possibly happen at brunch fuck Chuck um Blair Blair is psycho oh my god I love her she's my favorite dump your boyfriend like you don't have to stay with him like he slept with your best friend like it's okay like I know you guys have been dating since kindergarten but it's time to let go <laughs> the show is insane like the number of times like relationships cycle through on this show is crazy I love it so much. I love 
just ridiculous shows like this. Like there is this show in ABC Family called The Secret Life of the American Teenager. And it was just like weird and soap opery. And this is like upscale New York, Manhattan, like going to like the tea parties or you know, we wear uniforms at school and Blake Lively has her tie, like not perfectly straight. Like I really think that when I was a kid, I was interested in wearing ties because of Blake Lively, <laughs> even though I didn't watch the show. Because I remember specifically in fifth grade, I was shopping for clothes and I was like, I I saw this tie and I'm like, I need to incorporate this in my outfit somehow. I don't know why, but I need to. And I think that Blair and no, Serena is the reason why, because just I love her. I think she's my favorite. Like I, I'm a sucker for Blake. Like she's so funny in real life and she's so cool down to earth. Like she knows her shit. And in the show, like, I know that some shit happened and she had to go to boarding school, but I think she's a better person now. <laughs> You'll find out by the end of the season what this shit is, and it is bonkers. God damn. I mean, I think it's bonkers enough that she slept with her best friend's boyfriend. Let's take some balls knowing that she's been dating this guy since kindergarten and you sleep with him. Like, I know you were drinking, but still you sleep with him. And then he's like weirdly obsessed with her. Like when she's leaving that random ass party, the kiss party, and he's like on the side of the building, like scoping her out. Like, no, go back inside, creep. And then Chuck, fuck Chuck. I I kind of wish the pilot didn't exist. And I think it's one of those problems that shows often have where they revamp things after they, after they did the pilot, but the pilot has aired and so you're sort of stuck with it. Which is like, don't get me wrong, Chuck's always a, like, a terrible person for the majority of the show and he does a lot of sleeping around. But after the pilot, you never get like Chuck who would sexually assault somebody. Yeah, that's just a weird thing to put in your show. Like, I know that they probably learned from that, but that's so weird, like, seeing those two instances of, like, two different women and knowing that they thought that this was good for a TV show, knowing that one of their main characters tried to salt two girls. Yeah, it's what it's just sort of they never mention it never comes up again. And, uh, like, you just sort of got to go, like, uh, it's one of those things I'm like, okay, let's just maybe pretend the pilot didn't happen. I think that was maybe, like, a remnant from the books when they thought Chuck was going to be, like, a straight-out villain like he is in the books. But then, like, that's a character who, if you soften him just a little bit, is sort of ripe for being, you know, sort of an anti-hero television character, you know? Like the bad boy. He does look like a bad boy, but like he's not even cute. So he has this like smirkish look all the time. Like the fucking Geico for the Geico lizard. Like he reminds me of the Geico lizard. He's just looking at everything and just trying to be all sly and shit. It's like, dude, you're the fucking gecko from Geico. Like you ain't shit. He wears a lot of scarves. Yeah. He does. I like, I like the styles. Like I love the fashion. I... I'm here for this. Like I know I knew I shouldn't have watched this in high school because like I knew how obsessed with it I would be like seeing all the posts about it on Tumblr and everything. But like now I feel like as an adult, I'm like, it's okay for me to watch this because this is way past my time and I'm not going to be strutting the streets trying to be Serena. (laughs) 
I cannot wait for you to continue to watch this show because it's like it's it's wild. Yeah, man. I mean, it's already wild with all these events like Blair and Serena. Like, how do you recoup from a friendship? Like, I I don't know if I would forgive you if you slept with Carlos. Like, I I don't know. <laughs> but funny enough, before before we recorded, I texted Emily since Blair and Serena call each other B and S. Can we call each other B and E? Yeah, I shot that down very quickly. Me and E. If if we ever want to do a rebranding of our podcast, it's going to be the Me and E podcast. <laughs> oh, I I know. I'm I'm truly enjoying the show. I don't know if I can handle it for six seasons. Like it's something I'm going to burn out on quickly. I think, but right now I'm like a couple episodes into season two. No, you you can't do that. Okay, first off, you didn't tell me this was 46-minute episodes. Like, I'm I'm sitting here watching this first episode. I'm like, this is 46, 45 minutes? That's a long time. Well, you know, an hour TV show, like, on network television. So, yeah, 45 with once you take out the commercials. God damn. Looks like I'm going to have to be going on the treadmill after we record so I can watch a couple more ep- or so I can allow myself to watch a couple more episodes because I've done shit today except watch Deadwood and this, went on the bike for a little bit, ate some peanut butter sandwiches. Like I've been living it up today with Blair and Serena and and Doc, Doc Cochran. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a fun show and there's definitely like storylines I'm more invested in than others and characters I like more than others, but it is sort of fun just to give yourself over to the soap opera-ness of it all. And it's, it's fun to get away too. Cause with everything going on in our country, all the, 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 the nutty, the nuttiness, like it's nice to sit back and think, why am I suspicious about Jenny? Is Jenny is Jenny going to do something? Like I like that I'm sitting here thinking about Jenny rather than assholes ruining our yeah, state t- capital. T- terrorists attacking our, our own capital. Yeah, it's it's terrorists. Yeah. Yes, it's good to like. I, I, I mean, you can't like ignore it and you can't look away. But it's like when you're at the point of I cannot watch this for an hour. Like especially because like it's you know it's like we're just like biting. It's not like there's anything we can do. We're just biding our time waiting to see what happens. So it's like okay I can zone out and not think about things for an hour. Yeah because it's nice to not watch CNN for 48 hours straight because yeah. I I didn't do that last week. I don't know about you. No. Yeah we, we both did. <laughs> yeah it was an interesting like, going from the like excitement of the Georgia wins and why we also just the relief of the Georgia wins to hey uh the president uh is a seditionist like that's that's bad the thing that always trips me out about like watching like live CNN especially when like something crazy happens because this definitely wasn't one of those moments of where were you when you found out that terrorists were invading the capital but it was just like the live updates, like the live, like, oh, like Donald Trump has a message for everyone. And just the, we love you. Go home. And it's like, Christ. that's it. That's we it. We love you. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. 
It reminded me of like Silence of the Lambs when they went on the radio station to try to get their daughter to come home. Be like, please stop. Bring her home. It was bad. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's good to be able to like have something you need something the stupidest thing possible to like distract you from that sometimes. Exactly. Which is why I'm very thankful for Gossip Girl right now. What a great way to start the new year off with some trash television. But it's good trash. Like, I can't wait to get to know these characters more. Like, I know most of their names already. A lot of them look the same. But you know what? (laughs) I can tell the difference between some of them because some of them have different hair colors. Like, I think Serena and Jenny, I can tell them apart because one of them is Cindy Lou Who and one of them is married to Blake. Uh, Wait. One of them is Blake Lively. (laughs) One of them is Blake Lively who's married to Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, look, you don't need to be able to tell the, like, Blair's little minions apart. I don't think I've ever known any of their names, and it does not matter. I like how they're Blair's minions. I just love how Blair's just, like, the typical catty high school girl. Like the the Disney one, like the one that just like tries too hard to be catty and that everything's fine. Like I didn't just find out that my best friend slept with my boyfriend. Like everything's great. I'm going to eat this sushi and pretend that nothing's wrong. That's that's insane to me. It's it's wonderful. It is a amazing performance. I adore Blair. She is like honestly pretty much the only character on that show that I like care about it all like i just want to watch whatever blair is doing during it doesn't matter what episode or what season it is the only story i'm interested in is whatever's happening with blair wow then serena must have really fucked up because i'm rooting for serena you know she comes back from boarding school me and her brother had just tried to commit suicide and like her mom's like going through it i guess with the divorce i don't know it's more that i don't care about serena like she's fine and i i definitely on this rewatch i'm finding she doesn't annoy me as much as she did when i watched it when the show was first on but i mostly just find her kind of boring and like too like oh i'm so sad and trying to be a good person whereas blair is like nah i'm just gonna be a horrid bitch all the time and that's much more fun to watch I guess that's true, but I can't wait to see what tricks she has up her sleeve. I mean, from, you know, Serena coming back and not inviting her to the kiss on the lips party. Like, what the fuck? Like, she's back. And just because she didn't talk to you the whole time, like, she was going through some change. Like, if Emily didn't talk to me for a couple months, I'd be like, yeah, Emily's doing her own thing. Like, Blair was going through some shit. Cool. Blair was going through some shit when that was happening with Quake. And so she just felt abandoned by Serena. And they'll get that into that more in the next couple episodes. Oh, wow. I'm invested. Good. I, I look forward to your shocked texts as you watch the show. Me too E. Me too. <laughs> We're not doing that. Well, I know one person will, and that person is Chris Fresh. I... Look, on the one hand, he might do it because he 
knows it annoys me, but I don't know if he'll do it because it's Gossip Girl, and I think he might stay away from that. Anyway, he already has Canto Kittens to annoy me with. Yeah, I I haven't seen him in a bit. I hope he's doing well. He seems to be doing pretty good. Um, Geek Dudes is recording this week again after their holiday off. Oh, yeah. Holiday breaks. You see, I love holiday breaks, but at the same time, I'm like, I feel like I'm missing something. So as soon as like they all come back, I'd be like, all right, we're we're all here. We're all ready to stir that nice pot of chili. <laughs> okay. I'm going to ignore whatever that comparison is. Um, so we have some Star Wars news. Um, hey, remember Kevin Feige is producing a Star Wars movie? Because I sure didn't. I didn't either. <laughs> but uh, it has a writer now. It's uh, Michael Waldron, who is the showrunner and head writer for the upcoming Loki series and wrote uh, the Doctor Strange movies. Oh, cool. Yeah, there's still not a director announcement. I mean, obviously, you know, Kevin Feige is just producing and like developing whatever the fuck that means, this movie. Um, so, yeah, um, I like Doctor Strange fine. Um, I'm looking forward to Loki. I will now be watching Loki probably with a little bit closer of an eye than I otherwise would have. But, yeah, no, I mean, it's a little bit weird because we didn't, I mean, I think the reason I forgot about this is because they just didn't mention it at all when we got the whole, like, slew announcements at the Investor's Day thing. So. Yeah, that's weird for them not to mention that, because wouldn't you think that they would want to show, like, all the things that they're working on so that, like, people get excited? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what, but... Also, like, I just, I can't... There is nobody, even people who I really, really like, who I am going to be excited by when they're producing a movie. I will get excited by writer announcements or director's announcements, but it's not like so-and-so is producing something that makes me go, oh my god. Yeah, I mean, I don't really think producers like have like that big of a role. I mean, I think that Kevin's probably working on many many other things right now and star wars is probably on the bottom of that priority list yeah i mean i don't know i think producer is one of those things where you get like a huge variety and in how involved people are and the fact that he would you know he like obviously wants to be doing something in star wars means he's maybe a little more involved than he might be in other products and he seems like kind of hand on in um and the mcu but I mean, okay, that's sort of like, okay, um, we'll see, but I like Doctor Strange, and we'll see what Loki's like, and I mean, God only knows, we get so much turnover in Star Wars that a movie that is, at the very least, like, I mean, we already have our 23 movie, so this is at least, like, four years out, maybe five years out, maybe, like, longer, who knows? Yeah, I I don't even know. But yeah, until like 15 minutes ago, I completely forgot that Kevin Feige was doing a Star Wars. <laughs> yep. Uh, the other 
bit of news that I don't think either of us particularly cares about is that uh, they are sort of realigning their gaming presence, I guess would be the way to say that, which is now they have Lucasfilm Games and they launched that with, um, like, you know, new social media and it's sort of going to be the go-to place for that now. Uh, apparently there's going to be a new Indiana Jones game they announced today and then that could be pretty exciting. I remember playing one of the old LucasArts indie games back in the day. The one thing that people seem to be pretty excited about is they seem to think this indicates that EA is not going to be like renewed on their exclusive license for Star Wars. And that would mean getting games from a wider variety of companies. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I mean, I'm not really much of a gamer if you want to count like the Lego games. Like those are the only games I really play. So I I think I'll only be playing that. But I mean, I, I think it's weird that they always do this like rebranding every like 10, 15 years. There's a lot of issues on that front. So I'm hoping that they conquer all those issues because they can't keep rebranding their shit every <laughs> couple of years. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll see what this means. Um, depending on what that Indiana Jones game turns out to be, I could get excited about that. But I mean, I mostly just sort of like point and click shit. So, and that was definitely like LucasArts did some awesome like games back in the day. And I've happily like replayed like the Sam and Max stuff and Day of the Tentacle, but I was never, I never really did any of the Star Wars games, even the old ones. So, eh. well, that's cool that they're doing an Indiana Jones game. I mean, I'm not really too excited about Indiana Jones after hearing the rumors that they are in fact getting Chris Pratt to to do those movies, which so. Unfortunately, not too excited for anything having to do with Indiana Jones. So that's a big bummer because, God, they could have gotten any fucking else, any fucking one else. And they go with Chris Pratt. Like, there's a bunch of other Chris's out there, like Chris's that we don't even know yet. Like, why can't we get an unknown Chris or a Doug? Like, what the fuck is a Doug doing right now? A Doug could be an Indiana Jones. Doug could be the Indiana Jones. But I just... No, I I don't want that. It's just it's a repetitive. Yeah, I, he's the worst, Chris. I'm, he's the Chris that I feel like we've been seeing too much of the past like five years. Like it was fine seeing him on Parks and Rec, and then he got into Jurassic Park, and everyone loves Chris Pratt. I mean, which is nice, you know, for you. But I don't know. I just would like to see another actor or actress in that no. role. I think Guardians of the Galaxy is the only thing. I mean. Besides Parks and Rec, like in terms of movies, Gardens of the Galaxy is the only thing that really uses him well. And I think that he sucks shit beyond that. So, yeah, not excited about that. Yeah, I hope it's just yeah. a rumor. Uh, the only other Star Wars thing is I read, or am I in my notes? It says I was reading, but really I read uh, Light of the Jedi because I finished it during my lunch break at work today. How was it? 
You can give a spoiler um, review because I'm not. I won't read it. do. I'm not gonna do like no. I won't do tits on the spoilers because like I feel like books get a longer spoiler window than TV shows or movies. Um, there'll be some light spoilers here, but nothing like major. It's fine. Like I kind of don't think it lives up to the hype I was seeing like I I enjoyed it okay and there's some good aspects to it but it feels mostly like a whole lot of preamble and that's not entirely Charles Soule's fault because he is the one sort of launching this whole part of the universe we haven't seen before but I mean especially in the first like third of the book it's a lot of real repetitive stuff and it takes a while to get to interesting stuff. And I feel like, and this isn't across the board, because there's writers who do it really well, but when you're writing in somebody else's IP, but you're not writing characters that people know, I feel like there's some writers who don't quite know how to approach the world building and the character building there where they don't quite give the effort that they would if they were doing original con like, like their own like original worlds. And that can be a problem, especially like in something like this where we are in, you know, we are in a new era. These are entirely new characters and they're just not, they're not introduced particularly well or defined particularly well. And some of the definitions get super fucking repetitive in terms of like there's there's an interesting thing where they're talking about the different ways that different Jedi see the force and like, oh, so and so sees the force like a song and so and so sees the force like an ocean. But like the guy who sees the force like an ocean, you're told like six different times, oh, so and so feels sees the force as like an ocean. And I'm like, I get it. I know that. And then that's the one thing you've told me about this dude is he sees the force like an ocean. You've told me that from like six to like different characters now have repeated that to me. And I get it. Um, it's a lot m- more about hyperspace than I was expecting. Again, this is this is very mild spoilers, and this is you know something that happens right away is there is an accident in hyperspace, which is not supposed to be able to be happening. Like, there's not supposed to be anything. Like the way that hyperspace works is there's not supposed to be anything you can collide with, because it's supposed to be an empty space that you zoom through and then you pop out on the other place. And so you know this huge like uh, modular like transport ship gets blown apart. Well, in hyperspace, and that means that big chunks of this ship are appearing at random parts in the system. And, you know, when a huge piece of ship traveling at high, at high hyperspeed pops out and crashes into your planet, uh, you know, bad things happen. Like a billion people die. It's not good. So. And we're sort of tracing that for a while. And so we knew we were getting these new bad guys. The the Nihil, I think it's pronounced. I don't know. I didn't listen to the audiobook, so I'm not entirely sure. I think it's the Nile. They are 
straight out of Mad Max. And it's oh. not great. Like towards the end, there's some development with them that flying gets interesting and you have this sort of question of, ooh, what is this setting up? Because you're not quite sure what it is that they're, you know, this guy has this thing and you're not quite sure what it is to be very vague about it. But at the beginning, it's just like they're kind of marauders who have the ability to travel through hyperspace in a way that other people can't. Like they know it, they like it's about them having these paths that other people don't know about that they can use it to their advantage to go and attack places like seemingly out of nowhere. And <laughs> they even talk about how like their ships look weird and are all like spiky and shit. And so like going into this, I thought they were gonna be a race of people. But they're just like a sort of like a pirate brigand like band so they're all a bunch of different species and they talk about how they're all like wearing these crazy like weird scary masks and one of them like listen like has his like the bridge of a ship like is like listening to music when they go and attack people and i'm just like yeah i also saw fury road i really liked it but uh Let's all let's all take a deep breath and maybe rethink of how much of a giant fucking ripoff this is. It's it, I don't know. It's silly. Like they're supposed to be scary. I think. Well, yeah, they're, they're very bad guys. silly. And the problem is at the end, like maybe they could be a little bit scary with where it's leading, but they've been so stupid and like over the top, like look at my badass mask and how violent we are and that I play my cool, like I'm assuming heavy metal music when we attack places that I'm like, this is so silly. Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely rough to, you know, create new characters, you know, from something like star Wars because people have such like high expectations and expectations that it's not a ripoff from uh, fury road, but that's unfortunate, you know, because they're basically like creating like all these new characters, all these new plots and stories. So I don't know how that's going to go. And it's such a interesting route to do it, you know, from books, you know, from picture books to novels to, you know, kids books. Like it's very... You have to make sure that, like, your stuff is legit to do that or else, like, people aren't going to be interested. Yeah, and I don't know. Like, I didn't dislike it, you know, when I got through it in about two days. And there's some interesting stuff there. There's a couple of characters I like. Um, the uh, Wookiee Padawan is really cool. Like, he's not in this book much, but he's in a, a little bit, and he has a couple of good scenes. And there's an interesting there thing there, which is, of course, you know, like Chewbacca, and I would, I would think like a lot of Wookiees, he understands basic, but can't speak it. And the only person around him who speaks Shirok is like his, his uh, Jedi Master. And so there's this interesting thing of how sort of how isolated he is where he can like he has a sort of like 
empathic ability. And so like the fact that he has that, but can't get people to like understand him, I think is an interesting like little note. Um, I want to see more of him. I, I think maybe he's in more either like one of the middle grade books or one of the young adult books, but I want to track that down because he's cool. Um, there is one character whose name I can't remember because I can't remember any of their names, but he's been like, he's been a Jedi Knight for a while, but he hasn't been made a master, even though like a lot of people in his sort of class were, and he's somebody who experiments a lot with the force and what the force can do and finding new powers within the force. And I like that because I feel that's something we don't really see much of. Generally, what we see is, hey, I want to do that same thing I did before. I'm just going to do it better. You know, from like, oh, I can move some rocks and now I can move an X-Wing. But this is like, no, I'm going to do a whole new thing that we didn't know was possible at all. And I think that's cool. And yeah. I was going to say something, but it's a little a little more of a spoiler than I want to get into this week. But, no, um, I don't know. Like, it has potential, but then, you know, I don't know how much any, like, the young adult books, especially, I'm assuming not the picture books, tie into this main story. And, you know, the next book that picks up after this one is written by a different author, so it could have an entirely different feel to it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, at least you didn't hate it. Like, I, I get from your review that, you know, there are some, like, silly parts and, you know, copying other movies or books or something, but you didn't hate it. No, I didn't hate it. Um, there was enough there that I'm intrigued. There's some stuff I had been worried about that didn't really happen. Like, Yoda's mentioned a couple times, but only in passing. And so it's never a thing where it's, oh, here's an entire chapter that's all about Yoda and what Yoda thinks about this, which I absolutely did not want. Um, I still feel like it should have been set more than 200 years before Phantom Menace. In terms of some of the stuff that's going on, I realize that... Uh, Empires can fall quite quickly, but mm, it feels like it should be a little bit further apart. Yeah, I feel like 200 years is a, a little bit too close. Like, I think the Acolyte's supposed to be, like, what, like, only, like, 40 years before or 20? And Well, it's hard to know because they say it's at the end of the, like, the end of the High Republic is, like, 50 to 60 years before. But we also don't, like, when they say... Acolyte is set during the end of the High Republic. Does that mean it's set like during like literally the last year of the High Republic, or does it mean like on the downswing somewhere where it could still be, you know, a hundred years before? Yeah, that's still too close. It is. It 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 should have been like I think five hundred. I would have been comfortable with. Well, maybe that's what Taika's doing, or uh, Kevin Feige, or someone else. Who knows? 
The other thing that is sort of in here, like you do see a little bit more of, well, I mean, the High Republic. So you're talking to, like, you're with the character who is, uh, I forget what they call her. Do they call her the Chancellor? Do they call her something else? I don't remember. But her obsession is all of these great works for the galaxy and for bringing, like, the system together, I guess. And... One of them is the thing that they were talking about, which they had introduced for, which is this big space station. It's this gorgeous, you know, gem that is going to sort of bring the outer rim closer to the core planets. And there's going to be a bunch of Jedi stationed there. It'll be the biggest group of Jedi outside of Coruscant. And that's potentially interesting. I mean, I'm assuming at some point we're going to see in the next couple of books some big battle where it all gets destroyed. But can't wait. <laughs> well, that's cool. I'm glad that you were able to read that in two days. Yeah, you know, mostly it's fine. I didn't, like, again, I didn't dislike it, but I do sort of, like, I see, like, the super, super positive stuff about it, and I'm like, uh, I'm not there yet. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly, I haven't seen a lot of reviews on that, you know, other than it, I saw King Tom say that he really liked it. So, yeah, it's nice to actually, like, hear someone who's read it and, like, tell the tale of the non-spoiler review. Yeah, and I want to see where they go from there. Um, I'll see if any of the libraries around here have the uh, Justine Ireland middle grade novel. Other than that, like I'm mostly waiting for the Claudia Gray one. Yeah, hopefully that one's decent too. Yeah, I might take a look at the comics depending on what they're following. Hmm. Sweet. Um, let's see. I think that's it for Star Wars. Um, we covered we covered Gossip Girl. Uh Deadwood. New season, new problems. Yeah, the last season of Deadwood, season three. What are, what are you thinking? This is probably the best episode title of all, which is Tell Your God Still Ready for Blood, uh, which is a little bit ominous, but what do you think? I thought it was good. I love, you know, the update, you know, the past couple months. You know, the school is up and running. Um... I'm not sure I like what she's having all the kids write down on their little pads, but, you know, it's it's fine. She's educating them. You know, this was a different time. Um, yeah, the elections are going to get heated because Farnham got the shit knocked out of him. Yeah, so, yeah, we're at the point now where they're gearing up for elections and... 
um, some stuff happens, and yeah, Farnham gets the holy hell beaten out of him by Bullock, which is funny because it's maybe the one time he actually didn't deserve to get beaten up, but yeah, it was like weirdly not satisfying because like he's the little rat that I'm thinking I'm like he didn't do anything this episode like he lost everything like he's in monopoly jail like he 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 probably didn't deserve that and that was just like a weird feeling like seeing him in the bed try to do his speech and out telling him to lay back down like that just shows like how how low he is yeah and we get a little bit more about how um a little bit more with Hurst and sort of shaping him up as the next big adversary. Um, and then we'll get plenty more of that this season. But I don't know, you know, it's just sort of doing what Deadwood does when you come back, which is kind of establishing the new normal. Yeah, Hurst is scary. Like He knows everything going on in that town, even though he's only been there for a short period of time. Like He knows all your shit. Yeah, I mean, that's what being very rich and powerful will get you, I guess. Yeah, so I'm not looking forward to seeing how he'll take advantage of Deadwood and everyone around him and making like everyone in Deadwood like go nuts and like kill each other because that's probably what's going to happen, I think, is that he's going to make people think that other people are against, you know, whatever. I don't know. I mean, the fact that his conversation with Seth got Seth really really nutty shows that the season's uh, not going to be good for some characters. Yeah, it's pretty violent. Um, There's some pretty shocking stuff and some pretty heartbreaking stuff to come. Um, Yeah. Let's see what else. Uh, Tolliver's still alive, unfortunately. Yeah, and Joni's taking care of him. By the way, I'm very concerned about her. Her putting that gun to her head and her yelling at the the women. Like, I I don't think she's doing well. Joni's not doing good. Yeah, Joni's not doing too good. That's very sad because I like Joni a lot. Me too. I'm, I'm worried that it's going to go more downhill, you know, which understandably, you know, last season, you know, she was doing great until... Um, Mr. W came in and killed all of her girls and that's very traumatic and I'm hoping that like Jane will try to like steer her because I think Jane is like a good they're both good influence on each other yeah weirdly enough so I'm hoping that you know Jane will bring you know the life like back into her because she she really wants to end it yeah um the elections are a big thing this season. You're going to get introduced to a couple of characters who are well-known historically, but are shown in a very different light in Deadwood, which is which is a lot of fun um, and just sort of an interesting take. But yeah, the thing to remember about season three is it was planned as a two-part story with season four so there's a lot of setup (laughs) and then for nothing basically yeah 
um, there's this whole story. There'll be there's this because um, this isn't really a spoiler in terms of that. There is a theater company that comes to town, and it kind of seems like that was definitely going to be going somewhere to season four, but just on its own in season three. Like it's inter- like it's interesting enough in and of itself, but it doesn't it doesn't really go anywhere. Like <laughs> it's all built up to who knows. What a shame that season four of Deadwood was going to be a musical. (laughs) But, no. Alma's not doing too hot. Her husband got home and saw her on the ground, fainted, passed out. Yeah. Um, And then, like, blood on the floor. At this point, the baby's still alive. Alma's still alive. But... She's very worried because she's in a lot of pain, but due to her history, she doesn't want to take laudanum. And then, of course, you have sweet, sweet Ellsworth, who is very worried about her and, you know, taking care of Sophia. And I love that man so much. He's such a good husband. Just moving around furniture for her and going to like fetch coverlets and taking Sophia to school and letting Sophia know that things are happening and that everything is going to be okay it's cute bless that man he's great I'm trying to think of anything else that's happening what's going on with Saul Saul Star, they want him to run for something? So, Saul is running for mayor. And Bulk is running for sheriff. Oh. And so, Al, mean Al, has this whole complicated thing where he got Adams to buy a house. And then, with like a loan from the Starbuck bank and then default on the payments so that star takes the house because it backs up onto Shaughnessy, who is this new character who owns like a, like a boarding house. And so Al wants Trixie to stay there because he has convinced Shaughnessy to cut a hole between his place and this place that Adams bought. So then Trixie and Sol can meet up without anybody knowing about it because it looks bad for the guy running for mayor to be seen with a prostitute. But she isn't a prostitute anymore. Yeah, right? but still, like it's not great. And also, I mean, they're not. It's not like they're married or anything. Not yet. <laughs> Hopefully, that'd be that'd be a fun wedding to go to. I don't know if I like her calling him the Jew as much as she does. But. Yeah, we hear we hear that word thrown around a bit in this episode because that's part of Martha's like writing lessons, along with like the Indians doing violent thing. I'm just like, this is holy hell. This is let's 
Mar- Martha, you're you're better than that, Martha. Like let's let's not try to create stereotypes for the children of our future. Yeah, they're talking about the, how like because it's just like you know giving them th- sentences to write out, and one of them is like the Jews burn sacrifices on an altar of stone, and like, wow. The Jew did what? <laughs> like it just—it's—it's. It's, I I get that. Like they make it so that it's you know consistent with like the yeah. times, but it, like, yeah. God and damn, it is, like, it is supposed to be shocking, and you are supposed to go, Jesus Christ, because <laughs> it's this character who mostly seems like a very nice woman who we like, and then you know. I know I was thrown off too by like the the beginning of the class with a prayer because I was thinking I'm like God I'm like. Places don't really do that anymore, huh? Like, I know that private schools do, but I'm like, man, I haven't seen that shit in a long time. Yeah, yeah overall, it was a very informative episode, you know, getting getting all of us ready for the events of season three. Like, I, I already have a feel from watching this episode that, like, some bad shit is going to happen. You know, from Joni pointing the gun to her head to... You know, Seth kind of losing his temper again. Like, I I don't think that these elections are, are going to be a hot time for Deadwood. Yeah, it's not it's not going to it's not going to go great. I'll tell you that. It's not smooth sailing. Yeah, what a shame. I mean, I know, like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But I mean, I feel like Deadwood is like it needs a change with the times and it hasn't and you know these elections are making a change with the times and that isn't going to go over very well yeah but yeah so we got a season left on that and that should be fun and then the movie can't wait for the movie yeah uh, so the last thing tonight is we got an email and the subject line is this is a terrible email Hi, Emily and Britt. I was missing my weekly dose of Canto Bite the other week, and my brain got all weird, wondering what it would sound like if the two of you were from opposite sides of the country. Well, opposite to where you both currently are. As such, I present you the worst two and a half minutes of bad impersonations. I can fully understand if you now want me to sit and decease as a listener. I assure you this is all done with love and peace. Huru, Rebecca in Perth for the last time, now moving to Adelaide. Oh, I hope the, I hope the move... Oh goes smoothly but let's see if i can pull this up welcome to another episode of the candle bite dispatch i'm Brittany from the bronx and with me as always my good friend from the other side of the lower 48 emily from the valley it's so good to be here okay let's get on with the show let's just take a moment to think about timothy alphant okay oh so good. Oh, okay. So I, good. I don't know what it is so about good. him, but he likes oh, wow. it. takes so good and makes it like so good. Yeah. So good. Okay. Now we're on to our next segment, the Grow You Cuteness Chart. Emily, why don't you take this one? I know. Like, Grow You is so <laughs> cute. He's like, once again, off the chart. Cute. I know. It's like, how can the kid get any cuter? And he does every week. I know. It's like, so good. I know. So good. How does he do it every single week? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. Okay, now to the next segment. It's time to move on to this week in Star Wars news. So much, so much happening. I know, so much. 
Oh, there is so much, like so much. Okay, now it's time for us to move on to emails. What <laughs> gives? None of you send us emails? What's your problem, huh? Come on, what's the emails? I know, like, just somebody send me something, please? Or just, I don't know, anything, okay? Yeah, that's right. You should send us something. Come on. Okay, that's a show for the week. If you want to get in contact with us, it's real easy to do. I'm Brittany from the Bronx. Just shout at me from a moving car on East 180 Street. Okay? Just do it already. And I'm like Emily from the Valley. And you can find me at a new juice place on Truman Street. It's so good. But by the time you find out about it, it'll I'll have moved on. But it's so good. You should totally try it. But whatever. Thanks once again for listening to the Candle by Dispatch. Okay, now. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I mean, I don't even really know what to say. I can't even do a Bronx. I can't even pretend to do a Bronx accent. Wow. Wow. Uh, thank you, Rebecca. That was amazing. That was our podcast, like in in different, if we were in different locations like that, that was literally our podcast. <laughs> oh, I'm speechless. I mean, wow. Yeah. Okay. That was, I was not expecting that. That was pretty great. Whew. I love our listeners. <laughs> so good. Who thinks of this? Like, this is, like, magnificent. Yeah, I liked that quite a bit. I like to think of this alternate universe kind of by dispatch. Brittany yeah. from the Bronx. Emily and Emily <laughs> from the Valley. Oh, uh, yeah. No, thank you, Rocket. That brought, that brought me a great deal of joy. Yeah, thank you. Oh, man. Well, I think that was our only email for the day. Yeah. I was going to make a joke of, come on, send us email. Yeah. <laughs> come on. And you can do that at uh, pod at gmail.com. Uh, you know, send us voice messages like Raga did or send us email. Either way is fine. Um, anything else going on, Brittany, we need to talk about? No, nothing going on in the Bronx. <laughs> okay, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me. You can find me in the Bronx. You can find me on Twitter as Canto Burton and Instagram as Brittany the Ginger. What about you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at EF Lind. The show is on Twitter and Instagram at Canto Bite Pod. Um, that you know, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts wherever you listen to the show. Uh, you know, give us a retweet when we tweet new episodes. And uh, let us know what you think about Gossip Girl. Are you are you Serena or are you Blair? If you're Team Jenny, don't tell me because then I won't like you anymore because Jenny fucking sucks. I can't wait to see what Jenny does. I know she sucks, Ugh. but I don't know why she sucks yet. She's just like... 
she's not fun bitchy like Blair. And so when she tries to do power moves and stuff, it just annoys me. And she's whiny in a way that I don't enjoy. Jenny, come on. Like, you're a freshman. <laughs> like, you have years to learn the ways of Manhattan. <laughs> nah, Jenny sucks. Um, Dan's annoying, but whatever. Like, he's just mostly just, like, pretentious and that has that whole, like, I'm a nice guy thing. And it gets really boring, but whatever. Yeah, I'm bored with him. Like, I know that he's happy that he got a date with Serena, but he knows, they all know that Serena can do better. And I can't wait to see who Serena ends up with or how many alternate universes there are in this show where she ends up with every guy somehow because i feel like the show is going to do that where like blair's going to be with chuck for a couple episodes or serena's going to be with uh blair's nate. boyfriend i don't even nate. fucking know nate archibald nate nate i'll have to remember that oh well yeah yeah um on that, I think that is it. So we will talk to y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Uh, Kanto bitch number one doing it fulcrum style. Uh, check it out. Listen up, y'all, because this is it. Fuck all the rest. Be a Kanto bitch. Brittany, the Janjin, Emily, Lynn. Bet on these two to show place and win. These are the girls you've been looking for. Unique takes on Star Wars and more. Listen every week for laughs and fun. Take it from me, Kendall Pitch number one.